else from? Too late. Oh, you're right. <laughs> nothing like nothing like the announcement of this conference is being recorded to silence a room. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and so, so how's the weather up there? Uh, today it's beautiful. We it's been been pretty rainy, and um, but it's good for getting a lot of work done. You know, it's nothing calling you outside. Um, but I think uh, it's going to heat up to kind of normal temperatures during the week. I'm kind of near the Catskills, so we we get quite a fluctuation of weather. Got it. Okay. Well, I'm calling you from uh, from Alexandria, Virginia. Okay. Hi. Welcome to the call. Who just joined us? Charlie Smith. Tony Smith. Hello. Welcome. Hello, hey. Charlie. Hi. Who's that? This is Gerhard. Hi. And Charlie, we also have Pat and Stuart and. Um, did somebody else chime in when I went to start the recording? Is there someone else who I haven't welcomed yet? No. Okay. Well, we are um, we're expecting somewhere around 39 people on the call. So I think what I'll do is go ahead and get started since my clock says we're at the starting time. And... Then as people chime in, um, we'll just incorporate them into the conversation as we go. Um, but I just want to welcome everybody to the Leading Coaches Center Mastermind Call. This is Susie Pomerantz. I'm the founder of the Leading Coaches Center, and this call is being recorded so that people who don't make it to the call can access the wisdom of the call later on. Um, welcome to the call. Who just joined us? It's Carol Goldsmith. Hey, Carol. Welcome. Hey, Susie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Hi, Gerhard. Hey, Carol. Good to hear you. Good to hear you. I was just getting us started. The call is being recorded, and um, I want to make a couple of announcements before we do a little bit of a meet your peers and and then introduce Gerhard. So just so everybody knows where to find the recording of this call and of all the mastermind calls, really, there is, if you go into the leadingcoachescenter.com forward slash clubhouse, that takes you over to the clubhouse. And under the second line of um, tabs at the top, there's the second one in says Mastermind Live. And if you click on Mastermind Live, it takes you to a page where you can access the recordings from Charlie Smith's call and Carol Goldsmith's call. And then as soon as I get the recording from today's call, that will be posted there as well. Um, and that's a place where you guys can access those. And then I also wanted to point out in the Leading Coaches Center, if you haven't already discovered it, there's a new team called Announcements and Questions for this Community. And you can find that under the Find a Team tab. So in the Leading Coaches Center, Hi. if you go Sorry. to where it says Find a Team, you can find Announcements and Questions for this Community. And that's a team where it's a place for you, for anybody in the community to post announcements or challenges you're facing or resources that you're finding that you really liked. Um, so it's a place it, it's a place where you can post all sorts of things, and um, we have a couple of things that have recently been posted that you can go and check out. Um, Vicki Winterton posted something about uh, a two-day um, teleclass series that's free with 30 inspiring leaders, and Marsha Reynolds um, is launching her new book, and she posted some information about that and how you can 
um, get some bonuses for that. And Steve Ant has posted a couple of resources as well. So I encourage you guys to go to that team called Announcements and Questions for the Community because there's cool stuff being posted there all the time. And if you have anything to announce or anything you want to share with the community or any questions, that's the place to do it. Um, and, and, then, uh, and then the other thing I want to point out is the Keep Learning tab is really our kind of our blog. And so I keep posting things there. And if you ever want to post an article or a concept or a challenge or something like that, feel free to just email it to me and I'll post it up there for you. Um, so just wanted to make you guys aware of that. So any questions about those resources before we do meet the peers? No, thank you. I know Susie. a couple other folks joined us. I wanted to say welcome to whoever just joined us. If you want to check in and say hi. Hi, this is Hillary Joel. I'm going to have to bow out early, but glad to be on the first part of the call. Great. Thanks for joining us. Anyone else want to say hi? Okay. So, so this um, usually in the beginning of the call, I like to do a little section called "Meet Your Peers" because. Since we're an online community, we don't often have a chance to connect and get to know each other and learn a little bit about each other and start to have voices and energy of each other to connect with the two-dimensional who we are on, on the computer screen. So I'm going to ask for, um, we can probably have time for three volunteers to introduce yourself, take this opportunity to say hello to the community, share what kind of work you're up to, what you're doing. And also, if there's something that particularly attracted you to this topic that Gerhardt's going to be working with us on around energy and efficiency, um, you can share that now too. So who would like to go first? Don't be shy. Okay, I will. This is Hillary Joel again. Um, I'm an executive coach based in Bethesda, Maryland, near D.C. Um, the bulk of my work is with nonprofit leaders. I also do some corporate work and group team facilitation and teamwork. Um, I was attracted to the topic for my own self-improvement. Not even that was my primary interest, knowing that I can always improve on um, the way I'm managing my own time and priorities. And would love to leave this call with more energy. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Hillary. Well, I'll, I'll jump in. My name is Pat Barniak Atkinson, and I'm Director of Training and Consulting Services for Beyond the Blue Door Incorporated. We do leadership communication, public relations, image consulting, and um, research based on some of uh, what our clients' um, needs are. And I was very excited to find this group. Um, I'm looking forward to the efficiency seminar because we've just added the leadership communication component. I tend to work with nonprofits as well, school districts, colleges, universities. And um, as a whole, we, we all need to economize anywhere we can, and I think efficiency is, is the personal way to do that. Great. Thank you. Who else wants to say hello, meet your peers, introduction of yourself? Well, this is Carol Goldsmith, the Discovery Coach. I did the um, the last mastermind call introducing my return on experience model, which I have used to help many of my clients improve their efficiencies and, and break through barriers by drawing on past successes. I wanted to join this call because I have not yet broken through my own barriers where organization and efficiency are concerned. So I am really looking forward to Gerhardt helping me improve. 
Awesome. Thanks, Carol. <laughs> Anyone else want to pipe up and say hello? I have one question. Yeah. Now, um, a lot of the webinars I've done are mostly online. We're on we're on the phone. Is this yeah. kind of a Skype call where I could be plugged into my computer and also be seeing everyone or not? Nope. But you could okay. be if you're at your computer, you could go to Leading Coaches Center and you could be kind of scoping out the members in the Meet Members section, so you could look up folks who have already said hello on the call. Okay. Read their profiles. But all right, well, I can do that later, too, because I want to really be present with this, you know. <laughs> but yeah. I, I wanted to make sure I was fully plugged in. <laughs> Good job. Thanks, Pat. So um, so I just – this is my excitement and pleasure to introduce Gerhard Schwant. And um, I'm going to tell you a little bit of a background about him in a second, but um, I have a personal experience. You know, Gerhard is an efficiency expert, and I hired him, oh, gosh, a couple summers ago, um, to help me with my workflow and my office space. And I'm someone who has always considered myself an organized person. But what happened is as the business boomed, you know, I've had my coaching business for 17 years. So as the business boomed and as I started to have kids and my family was growing and life just got more layers of complexity, I started to find that my piles were expanding and my piles had piles and um, and and really all of my office space, you know, all of the surfaces as well as the floor were covered in piles and <laughs> I was deluding myself and thinking that I could find whatever I needed and, you know, I could just see it all and therefore it, it, it was organized. Um, and then I met Gerhardt and I have to say that, that the work that he did with me was not just about getting my office cleaned up, it was about... Um, really understanding how the energy of my work flows and how I can create systems. And he helped me customize systems for how to keep it flowing. And I haven't had piles since then, which is remarkable. You know, it's not like one of these, you know, self-help kind of organizing systems where you do it for a while and then kind of life takes over and it falls apart. This the time and the way that Gerhardt works was really integrated into how I do everything now. And so these are systems that are sustainable over time, which to me has just been miraculous. And um, so so the system works. I, I know that from my own experience. And, um, and, and just to give you a little bit of background on Gerhardt, he came to America from Germany in 1973 as a five-star executive chef, um, which it, within his first two years, he ended up getting a Michelin star, which is really without a high level of efficiency, it's not possible to reach that level in the world of executive chefhood. Um, and then he stopped working as a chef and started working for a sales and promotion company, broke every sales record that they had. Then he bought the company and expanded it. Um, and then while he was doing that, he started an import business. <laughs> wow. Um, and then he, he sold both companies and then – worked as an executive chef for um, for a cruise line for a couple of years, um, and then got certified as a consultant delivering the Hubbard Administrative Management Technology Procedures. Um, and in 2002 is when he started his company that he's doing now around efficiency expertise with a partner, Marcus Vogel, who's in Germany. Um, and he's also spent time traveling all over the world, you know, Europe, Canada, Taiwan, doing intensive two-day workshops on the power of thought and money management. So um, he, he comes to us with a rich and diverse background, and 
um, and he's just an all-around great guy. So, Gerhardt, welcome, and thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, I had to adjust my headphone because my head kind of got too big all of a sudden. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> That's good. And thank you very, very much. Um, uh, I do want to also say one thing, and that is uh, the first call that I ever listened to myself was when Charlie Smith was the one that was calling in. And uh, I was very impressed by what he had to say, uh, and I'm very happy that he decided to listen to my call. Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> Pleasure. <laughs> so just to jump right into it, let me say this. Every one of us has developed systems to process uh, the workflow that we have to deal with on a daily basis when we first got started. What we didn't take into consideration at that time was that things change over time. There's growth, you know, other things come in, and unfortunately the systems that were developed were not designed to adapt to those changes. And so what happens over time is the systems become less and less effective and even start to become the problem themselves. Uh, so we have to re-educate ourselves. We have to take a new look, basically, at what is actually happening. And, and only if we can do that can we make the changes necessary to actually custom tailor a system that from now on will change when we change and grow when we grow. Does that, does that make sense to you so far? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now, I look at anything coming into a business or any kind of organization, uh, I look at it from a viewpoint of flows. There are flows coming in, right? Mm -hmm. um, energy flows, right? And interestingly enough, energy comes in three types. It comes in flows. It also comes in dispersals. That's kind of like an explosion when things go in all kinds of directions, right? Have you ever found yourself going off in five to, or ten directions at once? <laughs> yeah, every day. Every day. Right, <laughs> right. Now, you, now you're working as a dispersal, right? And then it comes from ridges. That's when two energy flows hit each other and this ridge develops, and now things stop. Nothing moves, Right? And that kind of a ridge can even be one where we are totally indecisive. We can't make up our mind. Should we go this way or that way? Right? And that's not a good place to be at. The best place to be at is having things flow. Right? Now, if you take a look at the wild river, when water just rushes down, it goes off in little side arms, you know, there are eddies in it and, and what have you. And there's no control. And to that degree, the, if that's how business is being run, there's, that is chaos. So we have to, first of all, decide the channels this water or this energy should flow through. And in order to decide what the channels are, we have to decide 
who is in control of each one of those channels. Right? And that would be the different roles that we have, or the better word for it is the different hats that we wear. Right? And there are not that many. You know, I'm not talking about the tiny little hat of opening the doors. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the key hats every one of us has. Right? We have a delivery hat. That's the hat of the coach. Right? We have a marketing hat. We have a finance hat. Yeah? Uh, we have, if we run a large organization, we have an HR hat, hiring, training, and uh, of, of the people that are working with us. Yeah, and, uh, we have a, I think I mentioned the finance hat for the collection and the dispersal of all the stuff that, you know, the monies that come in. Uh, and we have or should have a public relations set yeah, where the purpose of that hat mostly is making our work well-known and well-thought-of, however we do that, right? And, and then we have one extra hat, and that's the hat that most of the people that I've worked with, I would say over 95% of the people I work with, do not realize they have. Or if they realize it, they're not really sure on what that means. Every one of us has an executive hat. And that hat has as its key functions the planning of all the other activities of all the different hats, the coordination of all of these activities so they do not interfere with each other but flow together with each other, and then the execution, making sure all of these things get done. That's the only function this hat has. It's not a big hat. It doesn't take a lot of time. On a weekly basis, uh, for like the weekly planning, it may take an hour, hour and a half. On a daily basis, it may take 10 minutes. But wearing that hat or not wearing that hat is the difference between proactively running your business or reactively running your business. I hope this makes sense so far what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, to actually getting to that stage where you do the where you're able to plan and just execute your planning and your coordination, you have to have a foundation there. And that foundation cannot have a lot of holes in it and, and eddies in it and you know and uh sinkholes. Right? It should be a smooth foundation. So the first thing that one has to do is one has to take a look at how to reorganize one what is happening now. And that is done by establishing the hats and clarifying the purpose of each hat, not the activities. The activities come clearly out of the purpose, but what is the purpose of the hat? The purpose of marketing, for example, would be cre reaching out to create interest and reach for one services or products. That would be the key purpose for marketing. How all of this is done comes out of that. Right? The, the key purpose for finance would be uh, making sure the operation, the company is solvent. Right? Um, 
I think I mentioned the, the purpose of the public relations had already before making one's own work well known and well thought of. Um, you, you get the idea, yeah. Mm-hmm. Once you have established these purposes, then you start establishing a system of baskets that you use to sort everything that's laying around by hats. And it's the, the, the only thing, the only drill you're doing at that moment is simply this. You look at the piece of paper and you say, do I need it? Yes. No. If you don't need it, throw it out. If you need it, don't go any further than, and, and try to figure out what do I need to do with it or anything like this. Just, do I need it? Okay. Which hat does it belong to? And you put it in that basket. And you do this with everything that's laying around, on the desk, on the floor, wherever, everything. And usually that part is the hardest. Well, it may be just as hard when you start doing it on the computer, but that part I usually call the sighing time because people sigh a lot. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But when that part is done, you have already established an order. You now have established the control over the channels. Then the next step is you do the same thing with your filing system, not your customer files. They They still stay alphabetically. You don't have to touch that, but all the other files. Usually the first thing I I do is when I work with somebody, I go through the whole filing system with them and clear out the files. And usually 80% of what's in the files can be thrown out. So all of a sudden these overstuffed drawers become almost empty. And then we make the key folders with the hats, and then there are subcategories under each hat. Like on the finance, obviously, you have your different banks, you have your different credit cards, you have your different insurances, right? And then, by the way, there's this one area called personal. And a lot of times I find that a lot of the business is mixed up with the personal stuff, and that should not happen. That should stay separate. One should focus on the business when one is on the business and focus on personal when one is personal and not mix it up as much as possible. Um, then everything that's in one of those baskets, every hat basket that's now taken on one at a time and it's gone through and you will find that you can still throw away a lot more stuff. A lot of the stuff gets filed by hat in subcategories and then there are a few things, if at all, left over that needs action. And then the action gets, is done. Here's another factor about this, and this is multitasking doesn't work. Uh, It's simply a fact that when you can focus on one specific function and just work that the the actions of that function, you get a lot more done than when you switch from one to the other, to the other, to the other, to the other. So you set aside time to just work one hat at a time, maybe an hour. And then you put in whatever you didn't get done goes back in that basket, right? And 
then you can do the same thing in your computer. Now, in your computer, you have two major areas to address. One is your document folder, and the other one is your email. What you would do in your document folder is you would open up your documents if you use an uh, if you don't use an Apple computer, you would right click on your start symbol unless you use two thousand seven or two thousand ten off two thousand ten office. You right click on your start symbol and you see in there one line that says um, Explorer. And you click on that, and then the whole list opens up on, on the, on the right-hand side, and you, then you click on Documents. Right? And then once you have highlighted Documents, you go on top to File. You click on File. You click on New, and you make a file folder. And you label the file folder, folder either, either with an underline or with a star as the first symbol, either underline or star, and then the name of the hat. The reason for this is the computer uses either underline or star as the most senior symbol to sort things by. And then everything that is it's done this way, it gets sorted alphabetically, but it goes all the way to the top, right under documents. So this way you have that right on top. And then you you do the your subcategories for each one of these hats, and then you either click and drag everything else in there or you delete it. <laughs> now <laughs> I'm I'm making this very easily certain. Um usually that can take anywhere between 2 to 15 hours or more, depending on where you're at with what, you have, what you're doing. And quite frankly, I have yet to find somebody that can do it by themselves because this is very uncomfortable stuff. Uh, people usually, when they try to do it by themselves, walk away from it either within the first 10 minutes, and if they're really good, they may be able to do it for a half an hour or an hour but then they have to do something else. And, and uh, when I'm working with somebody, uh, I may work with them for six hours doing nothing but getting the emails all sorted, inbox all sorted about. Uh, again, that's the sighing time, big time. <laughs> and lots of requests come in to do something else. Anyway, uh, these are the main factors that I work with on the very beginning just to establish the channels and the control for the channels. Obviously, when you file something, it doesn't flow, but then that's your reservoir. That's where you store things, and from there you can put it back into the flow if you need to. Right? Now, the two major reasons for things looking messy around are simply the lack of having the correct procedures and systems in place to process what you have, and then there is another one. Uh, the other one in Germany we call der innere Schweinehund. 
and um, literally translated it means the inner pig dog. Uh, that doesn't really translate too well, but an accurate word for it in English is procrastination. Anytime you pick something up and you look at it and you go, oh man, no, I don't want to do this right now. Mm, uh, procrastination sets in right there in that moment. And the only way you can ever overcome that is by doing it now and doing it once. The longer you look at that piece of paper, the less likely you are to do it. That bridge literally overwhelms you, right? So when you have something in your hand and you feel like not doing it, decide to do it now and do it and be done with it. If it is a project that has more steps, just do at least do the first step and then schedule it, the rest of it out. Uh, that's some of the things that I do and, uh, and uh, those are some of the basic concepts that I work with when I work with anybody. And I've worked with people from Senior Vice President of Development of the American Red Cross National Headquarters to um, Joe, the tree care person running his business mostly out of his pickup truck and anything in between. Any questions? Yeah, this is Judy. Um, I, I remember you had told me once about the amount of time that gets lost from people looking for something. Oh my God! Yes, yes. Uh, the I think the national average on this now is, is, is somewhere between an hour and a half to two hours. Uh, and that's not just the time lost. Clutter causes causes the an average person about ten thousand dollars a year on lost money, lost income. And it can go up much higher than that, depending on where the, where the person is at in terms of income level. Yeah. Uh, you should have a system in place that allows you to know where to file something and where to find something within the first five seconds. That's, yeah, I think that's a good point, because I think that's something that we don't often think about, right? Like we think, okay, well, if I spend 15, 20 minutes looking for something, we don't necessarily translate that into dollars lost over the course of the year in looking for stuff. Yeah, well, take 15, 15 uh, minutes a day and how many days a year you work, that's a lot of hours that you could have done something more profitable. Yeah. Gerhard, just Charlie, um, I find in myself that when I pay attention to marketing or I pay attention to finance, that uh, my energy goes away. And I wonder how you think about, like whenever the context becomes implementation, when, when, it's, when the context is invention and creating, I have a lot of energy, and people around me have a lot of energy. When the context shifts to implementation, it gets uh, the energy drains away. Okay. Uh, how, do you, how do you think about that? Well, first of all, uh, 
if it is actions that you can delegate, delegate them. Uh, otherwise, you have to realize one key factor. The implementation is not disconnected from the creativity. The creativity should still be part of the implementation. Right. I, I, I appreciate that and, and have not found any systematic way of uh, making that so. Got it. Now, the other thing we want, you may want to look at is, is this. Uh, and this comes basically out of the seminars I used to give, and I found it to be such, an, such a key factor. Uh, we create the world we live in by the statements we make. And I used to make statements like, I can't remember names. I can remember faces, but I cannot remember names. And obviously, I couldn't. And, and when I realized this is what I was doing, I changed it, and I changed it in this fashion. I said, up until now, in the past, until recently, I couldn't remember names, but now I can, and I'm getting better at it. Uh, and I found the same thing to apply, you know, this is not something I like doing. Well, obviously, I wasn't, you know, I wouldn't like doing it. You know, because you can look at for all kinds of philosophical reasons why this works, but the most simple explanation uh, is we never make ourselves wrong. We always make ourselves right. Mm -hmm. And if we said it, that's how it is. Yeah. Now, you know, you, you may want to take a look at, uh, has it always been this way? Or used to be, did you used to be, uh, have fun, you know, doing marketing at one time or another and, and then something changed? I think something changed. There you go. Okay. You remember when that happened? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, however I language that decision, Mm -hmm. has colored it all since. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, great. Your heart? Thank you. Most certainly, Charlie. And if you want to talk more about it and want to give me a call, um, you know, feel free to call me at any time. I will. Thank you. Sure. Somebody else was calling my name. Oh, yes. Uh, kind of keying off what Charlie said, um, especially when you're wearing all the hats. If, if, if you're just slightly bigger than a startup or, or you've actually changed your business in some way and you start with this filing system, it, 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 it definitely sounds like it would clear away a, a lot of the procrastination in terms of – I think sometimes my procrastination comes from I'm not sure what to do with it. Um, yeah. I know it seems to have value, but I, I don't know if right now, you know, in, in my situation, it is something I can accomplish right now, but it seems like it would have value in the future. What do you do with that? Then take a look at when this would, uh, would uh, be the case and, and store it in a way that it comes up 
at that time again. There is a tool that I use that has been around in Germany for over 100 years. In Germany, we call it the Pult Ordner, Pult being an old the German word for desk. Uh, the only place you will find it in the United States is at Staples. They're claiming they have, an, they have a patent on it, and I'm not quite sure how it can if it's been around for over 100 years. But uh, Staples has a little, it's like a book, a sorter. They call daily, monthly sorter. It has 31 uh, individual pages mm. and then 12 for the 12 months. It has two holes in the middle of each page so you can see if there's something in there. It lays flat. You can have it on right on your desk. And you can use this for as a memory. Now, I know that some people have it as, as hanging file drawers and label them that way, but that's way too, too uh, clumsy and uh, way too much space taken away, and it's in a dress drawer usually, and it's out of, your, out of your eyes, out of your mind. This stays right on your desk, and you look at it every single day and open it up for that day and take everything out that's in there for that day. Okay. Carol Hart, this is Carol. Is it a, is it a book like a like a like a daily desk calendar, or what does it look like? It looks it, like an expanded file. It looks like one of those expandable files, but it's the size of a book, like a 9 by 12 size. Because I'm remembering now, that Gerhardt, that you're mentioning that this is Carol, um, that mm -hmm. I used something like that many years ago, and it sounds a little different, but essentially I would take papers and put them into different sections so that I would get to the 15th of three months from now, and there it was. And I, of course, could move it forward if I wanted to, but at least it didn't drop out of sight and mind. That's exactly right. It opens like a book, yeah, uh, but it's expandable. It, it, you can, if you wanted to, you can, you could store a lot of stuff in there. The key factor of it is, if you have to memorize or remember something, you, the more you have to remember, the less you're able to focus. And the idea is to be able to focus as much as possible. So this is a tool that does the, that does the memorizing for you. That's your memory. That's your tickler file, or however you want to call it. So you're already helping me get a return on my experience because there were things that I've done in the past that were effective <laughs> for me, and I don't remember what they were. Um, an another question I wanted to ask you related to all of this is is um, many of us being solopreneur coaches are working out of our homes were perhaps working out of offices in the past. And I have found since moving my office into my home, everything bleeds together. <laughs> so there's yes. not that separation, and it's and it's frustrating. So when you said a little while ago, pick up a piece of paper and handle it once, I find that I have two modes that I toggle back and forth between. One is I'll focus on 
whatever the the highest priority is, whether it's working on my book or a seminar or whatever it happens to be, the other extreme is, oh, here are all these little things that must be done, so let me get rid of these pieces of paper, and then pretty soon I've spent three days doing these things, and the highest priority didn't get addressed. How do you handle that? Well, here's the thing. I'm glad you're bringing up prioritizing. in order to really know what is the most important and what is not, you have to have a focal point. And the focal point is the purpose of your business, the well-being of your business. Yeah, any action that contributes to the well-being of your business, that contributes to the growth of your business, is a must-be-done. Obviously, if you don't do them, your business is going to go away. Right? So your first and foremost, in terms of importances, is the criteria called must be done. The second most important criteria, interesting enough, is the exact opposite. It's the things that shouldn't be done. Right? If somebody is supposed to write a letter or answering the emails, and instead of clicks on uh, one of the computer games and plays the computer game, well, that's a shouldn't that's a shouldn't be done, obviously. My husband ex- does that all the time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's hurting the business, right? And then, as the third category, are the things that are nice to do, that are kind of neutral. They don't necessarily help you in growing your business but they don't hurt your business either. And and there is sometimes a time factor involved. Right now, the operating system or the the office, uh, the system that you use is doing what you need to do. A year from now, you may have to upgrade. So when you know that this is something you have to look at in the future, you take that and you put that in your in your daily monthly sorter, which, by the way, I personally call an action file, and you put it in the months that you should be looking at it. Right? Uh, and I call that category what is only desirable, and only in this case means very specifically merely desirable. You know, that's the category, for example, oh, well, you know, I should paint the office. That's merely desirable you're still going to be able to grow your business whether the office has a new paint uh, on the wall or not, right? Or whether you're going to uh, go to uh, have lunch with somebody, right? And then the last category is the totally unimportant things. They're completely trivial, right? These are the kind of things that uh, (laughs) I was talking to one of my clients and I was giving the example, you know, uh, agonizing or which color to ch- pen to choose. And when I said that, he broke out laughing and then admitted that he had just spent one and a half hours agonizing over which color pens he should buy for his marketing campaign. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you get the point that there are, these are the four key categories. And you should, anything that comes in your area, you should be able to take a look at it and go, is this a must be done? 
And if it's not, and you don't have any time, don't don't touch it. Don't waste it. Waste the time on it. Don't do it. Focus on the must be dones. You don't have that many must be dones. Again, and if you just focus on those, um, your business will grow. But if it's something that must be done, that could develop into a must be done in the future, then you just put it in that um, the month that it goes in, right? Or the month that you yeah. think it might become a must be done. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Any other questions? Okay. I think of it as like the, um, you know, a lot of what we do in coaching is we help our clients create awareness around things that they didn't previously have awareness about. And that, for me, when you did this work with me, Gerhardt, was the biggest aha, which is, you know, I was just doing like a robot what was in front of me to do, mm-hmm. thinking that I was in control of the order in which I was doing it, thinking that I was making intelligent priority choices. But without a system with which to make those choices, I lacked the awareness that I was probably spending a lot of time doing things that would have that would have only been desirable or that were even trivial, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to really focusing on the what must be done. And I think that makes a huge difference, that ability to clear away the the detritus <laughs> and focus on, on the things that are going to be most strategic in advancing what we say we want to advance. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That is a, a, the key factor uh, to establish uh, a new point of view a new way of looking at what's what is around one, what which one has gotten used to to such a degree that it's one doesn't even think about it anymore. It just becomes mechanical, right? And taking it out of the category and taking another look at it and and and, and deciding whether is that really the way that works the best for me, right? Uh, becoming more efficient is first and foremost. And this is really interesting. It's first and foremost dependent on one's ability to change one's mind. <laughs> if uh, if you're working with somebody that can't change their mind, it's not nothing is going to happen. And it doesn't matter what kind of coaching you do. Isn't that true? Yes, absolutely. Right. And how to help a person to change their mind is the skill that every one of us have developed through asking the right questions and getting the person to take a look at at certain things. Right? Yes. Good. Now, I wanted to also mention real briefly uh, something that I call the yogurt cup syndrome. Uh, that is a highly technical term. Yes, I in can my tell. profession. <laughs> <laughs> and what I mean by that is simply uh any time we are take, picking up some, something up and we are not processing it that piece of paper and put it back down the yoga cup syndrome takes effect. And what I mean by that is here's this young man or young woman that loves yogurt and works close to a park, so in the lunch break, 
that takes the cup of yogurt and a plastic spoon and takes a walk in the park eating the yogurt. Then that yogurt is done and um, um, he or she wants to throw it out and there's no trash can. And so they look around and there's nobody watching them and so the person goes and throws it behind the bush. Shouldn't have done that, but that's what they did. Uh, that's what the person did. So a week later, this person walks through the park again, comes by the bush and thinks, well, maybe let me check if somebody got rid of it. And looking behind the bush, finds out that not only is the yogurt cup and the plastic spoon still there, but it has been joined now by a McDonald's bag, a Burger King <laughs> tray, a Dr. Pepper, and a Coke can, right? And a month later, there's a tire there, and three months down the road, there's a couch. I think we all have seen it, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Now, in the office, that means when, once you put down one piece of paper that you don't process, you have now established and given an open invitation that will be accepted and contributed to to put more pieces of paper on top of that. Like the law of attraction, right? That's right. Yeah. And when that pile gets too high, we start a second pile. And since we today have this additional factor, which is called the electronic age, we do the same thing with the document files and the emails. And this has some very negative effects because every single thing that we touched and didn't process, we have now a little bit of our attention stuck on that thing. And our mind works similar to a computer or computer works similar to the mind. It doesn't matter which way you look at it. And in the computer, we have something called random access memory, which is the space the computer uses to process with. And that memory gets taken up each time we open up an application. A little more of the memory gets taken up. And we can get to the point that we have so many files and so many applications open that there is no memory left, and at which moment the computer gets very slow and actually can crash and make mistakes. Right? I think most of us that have been around for a while and using computers have experienced that at one time or another. Mm-hmm. We ourselves have the same thing happening. And in order to avoid this, we have to have procedures or systems in place that help us to close our own files. And only if we have that in place and are able to close these files are we able to increase our ability to focus. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And then additionally... I think that's the energy drain. I think that's that, the energy drain we've been talking about. That is definitely one of the energy drains, a major one, yes. And, yeah, yeah you're right. That is the, actually is the energy drain because some of the stuff that we have put down in the corner have also negative emotions connected to it. And in order to avoid these negative, these negative emotions, we don't look at it at all anymore. But it doesn't make it go away. It just starts hitting us more from the left or the right side without us even really knowing why we're getting hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other factor that goes along with this, by the way, is that down the road, maybe six months, maybe a year, maybe even five years down the road, it doesn't matter, it will happen is that we get to the point that we have a harder and harder time pushing new business into, our, into the door. 
And the reason we have, we're having much more of a harder time is simply the factor that this accumulation of stuff laying around has gotten us to the point that when we look at it and we get the idea, oh, my God, I can't handle it anymore, we have established a mental block. And guess what? That mental block works. It works really well. And only if one, when, we, when we start processing and cleaning this up are we able to actually allow ourselves to get more business going. That's how powerful and how negatively this can affect our own operation. I hope I'm still making sense. Oh, yes. I think Gerhard, okay. I'm wondering, I'm wondering um, how long you generally work with individual clients on a particular on the, engagement. Yeah, on the average, it's 20 to 25 hours. Um, sometimes it's less and sometimes it's more. I've had clients that took 10, 12 hours and they were done, and I've had clients that took 50 hours and they were done. And in that case, I did most of the sighing. <laughs> so is that you coming in Gerhardt and working with them for X number of hours and days until it's done or is it over a period of time where you're coming back and, and checking on them or consulting with them by phone as to how they're doing well it is first of all coming in and actually doing this now some people uh, want to get the results right away, and then usually we do it, uh, you know, taking two days off or maybe on a weekend and just doing it from early in the morning to late in the evening and having it completely done. Others, you know, based off their time restriction on family life, what have you, may take three hours to five hours a week and get it done that way. And, and once that is done, it is all in place. That includes, by the way, not just having a complete system implemented in place, working and, and being worked with and by, but also having a, a system in place that helps one to work out future projects and even have a five-year action plan in place, not a business plan, an action plan, breaking it down where you want to be five years from now, what does it take to get there? Five years, four years, three years, two years, one year, one month, one week, all the way down to weekly steps. So it becomes very clear on what needs to get done in order to get you where you want to be five years from now. And then basically that program is done, and then I have a follow-up program in, uh, available for people that like for me to um, – check with them on a on bi-weekly or monthly basis on how it's going and uh, if anything needs to be, uh, if they need any help on anything, then, then uh, that will be done at that time. Hmm. Okay, any other questions? What's the name of your book? Uh, the name of the book hasn't been decided on. The chapter... Okay. That the, the, the name of the chapter that uh, I have available on my website, by the way, to download for anybody, uh, is called When the Desk Cries for Help. <laughs> and what's your website? Uh, my wife, website is 
efficiencyexperts.us. And, and that's also inside the clubhouse. In the academy section of the clubhouse, uh, Gerhardt has a faculty page um, that has his ebook available for download as well. And then you can also on that page see the um, the video at, of Gerhardt when he was interviewed on We Mean Business TV, which is a local cable station here in the D.C. area. That's great. Right. Thank you. Right, and uh, on my website I have a couple more videos. Uh, one that gives you a pretty comprehensive explanation of what I do uh, with drawings and everything, um, and uh, some fun videos also. Could oh, you, you repeat the website Gerhard. one more time, Gerhard? Okay, it's www.efficiencyexperts.us. Okay. Is it expert one or expert with an S? It doesn't matter. Both of them work. Will come up. Okay. Yeah. And the other thing that he has on his website, which is super fun, is um, if you click on where it says geniuses, he has these like 24 um, personality traits that all geniuses across the ages have in common. It's really cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. cool. That actually, that I use that for leadership coaching that I do. Uh, it's completely different than any, any other leadership coaching. I, I just take every single one of these traits up with the person and go through each trait with them uh, from different angles and, and, and help them to actually uh, establish that trait in themselves and then how to then communicate and transfer that trait to their to the people that work with them. Okay, great. So, Gerhard, is there anything else people should know about how to get in touch with you other than at your website or through the Leading Coaches Center? Um, my phone number? There we go. Uh, my cell phone number is 202-413-0856. Well, Gerhard, I would like to talk more. This Charlie... Uh, I'll get in touch later in the summer, and we can have a chat. Most certainly, yes. Thank you so very much. This was very, very helpful. Yeah. Thank you, Gerhard. You're very welcome. I'm glad we could help. And uh, I, I want to basically also uh, recognize Susie for what she has done for us and what she has established for us. That is really fantastic. Thank you, Susie. Oh, thank you. Thank you, and I just wanted to thank everybody who made it to the call today. I know that there are, um, it seems to me at least, that there are enormous opportunities for where you can spend your time. Most of what comes across my email are uh, offers for tr free teleclasses and things like that. And so, um, so I very much appreciate that everyone chose to be here for this hour with us. Thank you very much. Thanks, Susie. Thanks, Susie. Okay. Thanks, Gerhard. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, Susie. Good. <laughs> I'm going to turn off the recording and we can chat for a second. Hold on. Sure.